beautiful selection of songs reminding us of what God has in store for his people. We sing to honor and to praise and to worship God. We sing to teach and to admonish one another, to encourage one another. And for us to be reminded of who it is that we serve and how it is that he is with us each step of the way. And if we honestly, truly believe that he is, what a difference it makes in life. It changes the whole perspective of what we encounter as we live day by day. Knowing that he's with us, that his steadfast love is with us, whatever, he, whatever we face, knowing that he's already faced similar trials, and he's with us each step that we take. Sometimes we forget how richly blessed we are. And having this wonderful Savior, this kind Lord, compassionate friend, to walk with us each step of the way. Singing Psalm 23. If we could catch that message, if we could hide it in our heart, again, what a difference it makes. We look at trials, we look at tribulations, we look at distresses, we look at darkness what we see, what we encounter. And so many times we forget that the hand of the Lord is with us. There's nothing that we face that can overwhelm us. Whatever it is, we have the strength with which to deal with it and to see the victory that is there. We are reminded periodically of the, the brevity of life, the uncertainty of life. And yet at times we still tend to forget it. Uh, we realize we've been around long enough, even as the young ones who have seen loved ones depart this life. And we realize Sometimes as you look at their struggles and what they were going through and then realize in many cases if you only had the Lord it would be a whole lot different. Sort of a sad day for me. It's my, it would have been my little sister's birthday today. 
And it's that reminder of, uh, I know you never would suspect me of being a tease. And, and I love to tease her. And one of the things I love to tease her about was about birthdays. Our birthdays were two weeks apart to the day, and there was two years between us. And so I was looking forward to this birthday for her, because she would enter into a new decade, but she didn't make it. Simply saying, no, life goes on. For the Christian, you have the strength that you need, and Paul is trying to remind us in Ephesians, the scriptures are trying to remind us throughout the scriptures, we need to stop and to count our blessings and name them one by one. We need to understand what we have in and through Christ Jesus. Paul in writing to the Ephesians in the second chapter, And he made you alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we were once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When we catch where we were, and it matters not the background, per se, in which we were raised. Sometimes we would consider the Gentiles as those that were outside. Mentioned this morning, we oftentimes look at Romans 1, 18 through 32, and see how bad the Gentiles were. Well, they were God-fearing Gentiles. Acts 10. What do you do with Cornelius, the centurion? Prayed to God, gave of what he had. There were always been those that had been good moral people. people. 
and it's hard at times to, to again to place ourselves that before we became a child of God through the repenting of our sins, the confession of his name, being buried in that water grave of baptism to be walked in a new life, we were dead. Did not matter how moral we were. Did not matter how compassionate we may have been towards others. We were dead in our sins. We had no hope. We tend to want to put those who are really horrible and not being lost with no hope. But Paul was saying without Christ, that's where we were. We were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. And we needed that Savior who in his great love again was willing to make that sacrifice, that atonement for our sins. We were like the world. And the world is very, or Satan is very clever in working in the world and with the world and at times with God's people as well if we're not careful. About, basically, you ever heard that word, basically? Good people. Give you the shirt off their backs. Morals, wouldn't hurt, a, wouldn't hurt a fly, wouldn't cheat an individual go out of his way to correct a wrong, whatever it may be. Basically good people. But outside Christ. And then to be reminded for us, there are those who are in fellowship in one sense, but out in another by a life that they live. How they conduct themselves when nobody sees them. And again, we are people who are influenced, whether we want to admit that or not. We are influenced by people around us. Prayerfully, we're influenced by God and his word. And the body that he's given to us called the church. But we're influenced. We influence people and, it, and people influence us. And again, you've heard me say, I've said that before. I know you're people who are influenced. Because I've seen a couple of the yearbooks of yours from college. And I promise you, you do not look like that today. I look at the time frame in which some of us grew up in, and we, don't look, we do not look or dress like society did, did back then. We've made changes. We've been influenced. And so we need to be careful of how we're influenced. Satan is very crafty in his desire to influence us away from God and to make us 
sons of disobedience and children of wrath who happen to have good morals. But we're not following God. We're not letting his love, his grace touch our lives enough to change us. We're not going to hear that surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And you think about that goodness and that mercy of Christ following you all the days of your life. What a difference it makes. It changes how you look at the world. It changes how you make decisions concerning what's going on. Each day you make decisions. And they have an impact. How we choose to serve, the attitude which we desire to serve or are serving, characteristics that we set, have a way of reflecting whose voice do we hear? One voice says, You live in the world. And living in the world, you have to accept the things that the world does. You have to make the adjustments in business and society, what is done and what is not done. Again, many of us grew up in a time frame where Sundays and Wednesdays for business, for schools, were taboo. You left those days alone. No longer is that the case. Well, you cannot make it unless you work 24-7. We have to be busy all the time. And this is the only time that we have. We, you know, Wednesdays used to be a day set aside. No school activities were planned in the evening. Not long, any longer. Satan has had his influence. And sometimes we listen to it. You know, Wednesday night. I mean, is it that important? Well, you need to come find out. There's some lessons in Nehemiah we need to hear. And they are tremendous lessons. Oh, but you know the time frame? What's involved in that? Which direction are we going? We are in the the house of the Lord. We're in his presence. Yea, he's always around and everywhere, yes. But he has specified that in times that we gather together, he's in the midst of us. And what we might miss. I think about Thomas so many times. When the Lord was resurrected. And when he came back to appear to his disciples and they were behind closed doors, Thomas wasn't there. Had missed that. Would catch it the next week. But you just simply missed something. He would be influenced to, by seeing the Lord. But you missed that one glorious opportunity to see the Lord be resurrected on that first day of the week. To have been in his presence 
So how do we move from being children of wrath and sons of disobedience to our becoming holy and without blame? To have received the adoptions as sons and to be accepted by God. Just think about being holy. Satan has encouraged us to elevate that concept to some high, lofty position that none of us are going to reach. You call somebody a saint and they want to tell you, no, 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 no. I'm not a saint, I'm far from it. If you're a child of God, you're a saint. You're a holy person. You've been set apart for a godly reason. And being without blame, well, we all make mistakes. But the Bible talks about our being without blame. If we follow God, we're desiring to let His will be ours. He's there to lift us up when we fall. He gives us the strength that we really don't, at times, I believe, we really do not understand how much strength God has given to us as individuals. And collectively. You face some trials and you wonder how you can overcome them. And so many times we end up doing exactly what the Lord did in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he took Peter, James, and John, apart from the rest of them. But then he asked them to stay there, and he went a little bit farther. Whether they got to see all of that, I do not know. It does not matter. But he went a little bit farther when he prayed to his father those three times. And again, knowing what he had to go through. And again, just reading those descriptions in the Gospels, falling flat on his face, prostrate to the ground, sweat like drops of blood, agonizing to the point of death, beseeching the Father, but be your will, find another way. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And to come back and to find the disciples asleep. Couldn't even watch an hour. But it's after that third time. There are times when when we're about to be crushed. That we do need to pull away that way. And we need to petition the Father with our earnest prayers. But it's afterwards that intrigues me. 
When it came back that third time, he said, my betrayer's at hand. Let us rise up and go. And from that moment on, outside of a few words, Jesus did not say anything else. Did not answer the charges, and that's down to the fourth part of it. But he did not answer. He did not say another words. He had made his peace with God, the Father. He knew the Father's will. The answer had been given. Wasn't an audible voice, but it was that resolve. Father, it be your will. Let it be. It is your will, then let it be. Let's go. Let the matter unfold the way it will. And he went to the cross. And then for him to close out his life. Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. I said he gave up the ghost. He died. To the world, victory for them. For those who were searching for the Messiah, even though they did not know it at the time, it was victory for them. He beat Satan when he rose from that dead. The victory is his. And we face trials, and I'm saying at times they do seem severe, and they do seem hard, they do seem harsh, but in Christ, you never, ever walk alone. The victory is there. God, who is rich in his mercy. Mercy is compassion for the one who is in trouble. God is rich in mercy towards us. He knows our very essence, our very makeup. And he's rich in what he gives. There are those verses that stand out and that we ought to draw tremendous strength from. One is that, that reminder in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. Listen, there is no temptation that you face. No trial that you face, but such as is common to man. One, you need to know that. Whatever it is, it's not unique to you alone. But the rest of the verse also says, but God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape. God will not allow you be tempted above what you're able to bear. It does not matter what it is. It does not matter how crushing it seems or appears to us. God has already promised. 
And there are times when we simply need to remind ourselves. And at times when we need to remind each other. Without a moment's hesitation, I can tell you, you are much stronger than you think you are. To face whatever it is that you're facing, you are much stronger than you think you are. Because you have God. And you have his promise. God rich in his mercy. Another one would be Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Our God, read it, our God, he is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. We ask a lot. Our thinking, we can, we can have a good imagination what we think. But God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that. Whatever it is that we face, God has promised that we can endure it with him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me. Life going to the face of death itself. I have no fear. I've got a vivid imagination. And I can think of some horrible ways to go that I would prefer not to go. And every time I do that, I have to remember what the first part of that was. I would rather, or I would prefer not. See, it all starts with that first word. I. What about we? What about God and I? Christ and I. Spirit and I. What can we face? What can we endure? Jesus endured a cross. And I'm going to say, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Whatever it is, you know, mine was reading history, Roman history and so forth during that period of time. Mine is, I would prefer not to be lowered and slowly into a boiling pot of oil. It simply does not sound pleasant. Feed me to the lions, it's going to be over fairly quickly. The other way, it's another story. But the brothers really don't count. They don't matter. If I am in Christ Jesus, however the physical life ends, eternity with God overshadows that without a doubt. No comparison. To die in the physical life is over. We understand that. That's a given. Physical life is going to end. How it comes about, I know the strength that God gives. He is able. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Lord himself has said, 
I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. And if God be with you, if God be with you, what can man do? Matthew 10, 28. Don't fear the one who can kill the body and not touch the soul. Tell you the one who the fear is the one who can kill the body and the soul in hell. The one who can only touch the body. No. It's flesh and blood. It's going to vanish away. But it's that spirit. We need to spend time realizing what we are. We are God's workmanship. You are God's creation and he has designed you. He has designed you for a work that he has specified for you. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he's prepared beforehand. Why would I not want to give the life to him? And why would I not choose I know I'm his I know he has to work I don't know exactly what that is or how that comes about but I've been with him long enough to know that he does not work in the way that I think he ought to work because his way far excels mine in the first place but whatever it is at times when we struggle why, does, why did this happen? God has a purpose. And he uses it for his glory. And oftentimes it's, where is your faith? Is it in Christ? Is it in God? There is a gate. But knowing that there is a gate is not the same as going in the gate. There is a way. God has it. He's laid it out in his word. But knowing that it's there is not the same as going through the gate and into the Lord's service. Where are you? Are you on the outside looking at that gate? Are you saying you do believe that it's there and the blessings are rich indeed beyond comprehension? But there's something pulling you back. Whatever it is, let it go. Go in the gate. Be the child of God. And then anticipate with great joy going in the heavenly gate. If you have a need this evening, if we could assist you, if we could help you. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.